Hey, welcome to night school, a two-a-day, two-a-day Thursday, and the reason I'm doing a second one tonight is because I didn't talk about a single thing that I meant to talk about in the earlier episode. I mean that. I didn't, I didn't mention a single thing that I was planning on talking about when I hit record. Near the end, I think I remember saying, oh, I'm about to talk about the thing, something I wanted to talk about, and then I never did. I started talking about like how it feels to be fat. <laughs> which is, you know, I had no intention of talking about. Uh, but just to get right into it, because I'm about to talk about something else. Here I am trying to get back to the thing I wanted to talk about, but I didn't mention it once. I think that's a first. In the history of every night's a school night uh, and night school, which is the more topical branch of the show, I don't think it's ever happened where I haven't mentioned a single thing about the thing I was originally going to talk about. I didn't even mention it in the beginning. It just somehow never happened. Just never happened. It wasn't meant to be, as they say. A girl I went to high school with, uh, when she was 18, she got a tattoo around her upper pelvis that said, everything happens for a reason in a scripty font. And I didn't see that because I was intimate with her or anything. It was something that you could just see, like if she wore like low-rise pants, and it was just an interesting tattoo. Not going to read into it. I'm just going to take it at face value. Everything happens for a reason, like getting a tattoo that says everything happens for a reason on your pelvis in a scripty font. Everything happens for a reason. I didn't talk about the things I was going to talk about. Instead I, did an, instead, I did an episode about how the middle class tend to be imposters or people who come from an affluent background often try to mimic poor people to earn some sort of credibility or develop some sort of persona that gives them credibility in whatever artistic, political, social circle they desperately want to belong to. You don't need to listen to it. I just summarized it. And rich people, some people want to be rich. Some people pretend to be rich, which is more understandable. It's more understandable to me why someone would want to appear that they are more successful they are in a when it comes to just survival, which is acquiring things and being able to do things that are pleasurable or whatever it is. I don't need to I don't need to talk about it again because I will risk not talking about what I want to talk about and that is uh, the AI battle you know, the the war that technology is waging on us. And people talk about this a lot, and I've talked about it before, but the focus tends to be on this sort of Terminator exoskeletons just eliminating us, these psychotic, not even psychotic. You can't be psychotic if you don't have any conscience at all, I guess. Like, if you don't have any consciousness, not even a conscience, but... You can't really be psychotic if you haven't achieved consciousness and you're just a robot, even though you're doing psychotic things, which kind of an interesting philosophical questions. Can a robot that doesn't have a conscious conscience, I don't even know which word to use, uh, <laughs> can a robot without a conscience that does not have consciousness, there we go, that's exactly what I meant, can that robot be considered a psycho? And you might say no, even though they do psychotic things, which in itself makes them a psycho. But uh, who knows? Who cares? We don't need tree falls in the forest type questions. The point is, is that people have this sci-fi vision of what this sort of AI techno invasion would be like. And while sci-fi does predict certain things, they often leave out some of the mundane details. And one of those that I try to point out on here is CAPTCHA. Nobody saw CAPTCHA coming. The fact that CAPTCHA would be just such a subtle way to at least bring us down a level. And at most, mess with our sanity. Because there are times where you're trying to log into something and you have to, you can't read the CAPTCHA. You're trying to prove you're not a psycho robot. A psycho robot trying to prove you're not a psycho robot, and, and uh, you type in the capture over and over again, and 
I sound like a bad stand-up comedian who's like, you ever get on your laptop and you're trying to log into your account and you can't, you can't get in, so you, you have to do the capture a bunch of times, and then you start to ask, maybe I'm not a human. Maybe I am a robot. Maybe I am a robot. That'd be a bad stand-up comedy joke, and I'd be surprised if somebody hasn't done that very joke. I mean, I have friends on social media who have made that joke. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if they haven't taken it to the stage, but it's true, though. I mean, it's, that's something that subtly undermines your well-being, where you're trying to get into something, and, and you know, at worst, you can never actually get in. You can never read that thing, and you can never reset your password or whatever it is you're trying to do, even though this thing is designed to... It's designed to point out your humanity in a way because it's saying like only a human could correctly read this and type it back, but they make it so hard to read that you can't. And I, I just I can't stop sounding like I'm doing a bad stand-up comedy bit right now about CAPTCHA, but it's the truth. It's one of those things that nobody really saw coming, that some sort of you know verification method, an ID or something, it's not really an ID verification, but some sort of human, it's a human verification system is exactly what it is, because it literally says this is to prove you're not a robot, which is a big deal, that something that you you regularly use says that. Prove you're not a robot. I've just given up on this not being a stand-up comedy bit. It's a big deal that this thing says... Prove you're not a robot, you know, but it is, it is a big deal. And it's one of those things that's so subtle. You don't really think about how, what that means, the weight of that statement, prove you're not a robot. Did you ever imagine in your life as a child growing up, you know, whenever you did, uh, I grew up in the, you know, eighties, nineties, early two thousands. I never imagined that proving I'm not a robot would be something that would be a mundane part of my life. I could imagine it in a Blade Runner sci-fi sense where it's like, prove you're not a replicant or something like that. But just just to log into my email, I never imagined that I would regularly see the phrase, prove you're not a robot, or to register an account to do something simple, like pay my bills. I just never imagined that. And it's subtle, you know, it creeps in subtly. And that's not the whole of it, because something that inspired this thought, the reason I was going to do this episode earlier and didn't, and now I'm going to do it again, is because I currently have a landline. I currently have three phones. (laughs) I currently have three phones because I have my phone and then I have a landline that belonged to my mom as well as her cell phone, and I've kept them active just because different things are still associated with those numbers, and I'm still, you know... Some people might potentially contact me or try to contact my mom. And, you know, it's just right now on a practical level, I just, I've kept them in place in case those numbers are associated with something, which does feel insane. I mean, it does feel insane to have three phones and to have two of them be miniature supercomputers that are called phones, which is a lie. And another thing that makes us insane without us knowing it. Um, but uh, it's, you know, like, this is a phone. It's like, no, it's not. Uh, but uh, anyway, just the fact that I have three phones and then, so with a landline, I don't know how many people have landlines anymore under a certain age. I don't know any friends of mine, anyone from my generation who has a landline I like the idea, though. I feel like I missed the boat. Like, it would have been cool to be... Because by the time I graduated high school and was in college and, like, moved out on my own, no kids were getting landlines. Like, when I lived with a girlfriend, we didn't get a landline. So I feel like I missed out in a certain sense. Like, it would have been cool to have a house with roommates. I mean, I would have hated that. I've never had a house with a bunch of roommates, but... A part of me thinks it would have been kind of cool to have a house with roommates and you all just share a landline. I imagine it would get old really quick, but it'd be kind of fun to think about. Um, But uh, anyway, I don't know how many people have landlines these days, but this landline pretty much exclusively receives calls. I would call them robocalls. 
My mom used to call them robocalls. I don't know if that was just something she said, but it makes sense because what they are is they're telemarketers, but they're robot telemarketers. You know, it used to be you'd get calls from telemarketers. Yeah, this is just a bad stand-up comedy routine. No wonder I didn't do it earlier. It's like, you used to have real telemarketers, and then uh, now they're robot. I, I call them robocalls. You heard of RoboCop? Well, now they got robocallers. Um, but so I, I get these robocalls, and what's interesting, and it was actually eerie, because these have been coming in nonstop for years, daily, multiple robocalls a day. And they're, you know, it's a robot voice telling you something, trying to sell you something. Uh, and, but you get these robocalls multiple times a day. But what was really eerie is as soon as lockdown was declared, Corona Violent Quarantine Lockdown, you know, as, as soon as that was declared, the robocalls suddenly stopped. It's like they knew that that would push things too far. It's like they knew that that would reveal them for what they are, which is some sort of psychological warfare. Because if people were stuck in their homes getting robocalls all day, they would lose their minds. Because there's no way, like, the do not call list, like, that's a, that's a quaint, like, who knows what happened to the do not call list. You think that was respected? You think that the do not call list has any meaning in the the techno cyber world we live in? If it even existed in the first place. Oh, put me on your do not call list. Oh, I'm I'm on the national do not call list. You know, if that even worked to begin with, it's out the it was out the window a long time ago. But it, I found it really eerie that it was seriously. I was receiving all of these robocalls. Every day, multiple robocalls a day, every day, it just, and it's been going that way. Like, before I moved into my mom's house, she was getting them all the time, to the point where she started calling them robocalls. She had a name for them. I don't know if she heard it somewhere, but that's what she called them, and I now I call them that. It's a, it's a family tradition now. We call them robocalls. And uh, so these were going on for for years, and then I moved in here, and you know all that, and and they continued. And what's weird is they go to the answering machine, and then they leave. All of them do this to a to a T, like not a single exception. Every single robocall initiates the answering machine, and they leave about a two second snippet of what sounds like hissing silence. It's like a dead receiver, but there's something else going on. Maybe it's whatever the robot system is. You know, this technical language. It's whatever the robots. It's whatever the robot system is. It leaves this hissing silence on your answering machine, and it's about a two-second snippet, and it just cuts off, and it's eerie. It's this two-second snippet of hissing silence of dead air, loud dead air. Like a signal has been turned up too high and like a hiss on a microphone kind of thing. Maybe that's how they sound. Maybe that's how the robots sound. They just sound like hissing silence, which I understand is sort of an oxymoron. If you can hear the hissing, it can't be silent, but it's a hissing silence, let me tell you. There's a lot of things that are going to be different in the future, guys, and one of those is our understanding of what silence is. And for some of us, we already have a different understanding of what silence is. I mean, as I like to mention, there's the people out there who, who say, silence is violence. Silence, silence is betrayal. You know, there's people who have these ideas. I say that silence is hissing. And that's what I'm going to say to those people. If I ever have a conversation with one of these silence is violence or silence is betrayal people, I'm going to say, silence is hissing. Silence is hissing. You know, it's, it's a hissing sound. And they're going to leave me alone when I say that. Um, but uh, it's eerie. But what was really eerie, because they're annoying. I mean, there's nothing good about them. There's nothing good about robocalls. Your life is not 
not only not enhanced in any way, there's, they're not offering you opportunities that you're just, oh, I'm, I'm ready to do whatever it is you're offering, whatever it is, whatever scam it is. You know, I, I can't even imagine it's any legitimate venture. I think they're exclusively scams. They're, they're spam emails, you know, through the phone. They're automated robotic calls. They're not even, you can't even give that misdirected anger at the human telemarketer and be like, don't you call here at dinner time, you know, like the people used to do, which was bad. You know, I, I don't like people getting personally angry at telemarketers because, you know, you do have to have empathy for people who are in that position. There's not a single person on earth who wanted to be a telemarketer. They're in a bad position. They have a, they're in a call center. Their life sucks and people are mean to them. You know, and no wonder that those people got outsourced to robots. Um, but, uh, you know, at least, but at least with human telemarketers, there was a human component. And even if you were empathetic and understood that this is a person who's just desperate to make a living, you still don't like them. You just still don't like the idea. But with these robocalls, there's really nobody to direct your anger toward. It's just this constant, small annoyance. And, you know, to make it worse, they often mask themselves by saying they're from a town in your state. It's very rarely from my city, but it'll be... Because here's the thing, I, I should probably disable this... Uh, but, you know, my mom's landline is set up so that another robot... See, you can't escape these things. There's, there's another robot, a woman's voice, who, a woman's robot voice, which doesn't sound right. Is she a woman? If she is, just, because, just because the robot voice has a, whim, a woman's voice, does that make it a woman? You know, I don't know. But it's a woman robot voice who says in this just really terrible tone call from and then she mispronounces everything she she mispronounces everything olympia you know washington it's like she can't say even well-known words she can't even say well-known cities everything is a butchered you know the syllables are butchered or emphasized weird but so you get this this female robot voice announcing that a robocaller is calling. So you get double the robot. And then she says, she announces who's calling several times. And then uh, you get this hissing silence for two seconds that you have to erase from your answering machine. And every time I leave the house, I come back and there's, I see that the, the answering machine is flashing. And sure enough, two seconds of hissing silence just for me. Just for me. Hissing silence. Hissing silence is violence. That's my slogan. There we go. Hissing silence is violence. Hissing silence is betrayal. It's psychic violence. All this silence is violence nonsense, that's not true. Hissing silence from a robocaller, that is violence as far as I'm concerned. Because it does, it undermine. There are so many things that just chip away ever so subtly at your mental well-being, at your spiritual health. And fortunately, I work on that stuff. I don't feel like it's threatening me. But there's somebody who it could do. You know, it could be just a an avalanche one day. One day, enough robocalls, enough hissing silence, enough violence, and uh, that could just be the thing that sets them off. But anyway, what I was saying is I found it even more eerie than the two seconds of hissing silence that they leave, that they all leave. Every single one of them does it the exact same length of time, exact same sound. I found it more eerie when quarantine, when quarantine locker down was announced, when it was officially declared here in Washington because it stopped. I didn't receive a single one for probably three months. 
And then after that, maybe a couple here or there, a trickle started again. But I, I swear to God, I did not receive, after years of this phone receiving nonstop robocalls, it just stopped. And I'm not getting conspiratorial about it. It's just that it seemed deliberate. Like, we can't go too far right now because people are stuck in their homes and they're going to they're gonna go crazy if their phone is ringing nonstop and they're getting this hissing silence and these weird robots trying to sell them God knows what or get them in. I don't even know it. I don't even answer them. I've answered them very rarely, so I can't even remember what they try to get you into. But they usually start out with a, Hello! And then they, they've gotten good at like giving a pause, but it never sounds natural. It's, hello. And, then you, and you, at first you think it's a voice, so you say, hey, hey, who's this? And they, they come back with something like, I'm here to talk to you about. And some of them are more robotic than others. Some of them are simply pre-recorded humans, which isn't a human. A pre-recorded human isn't a human. And that's an important point for listeners of the show. You have to remember that just because you're listening to a man doesn't mean you're listening to a man. You're listening to a recording of a man. Therefore, I'm not too much better than a robocall. You could start thinking of night school as a form of robocall. And pretty soon this show is just going to be little more than two-second snippets of hissing silence. So not to ruin the, not to ruin the surprise... But pretty soon you're going to start seeing new episodes and you're going to look at the the length and you're going to be like, huh, is this a mistake? He uploaded a two-second episode and you're going to play it out of curiosity thinking maybe there's something. Maybe he says one word that's interesting and uh, it's just going to be two seconds of hissing silence. That's how you know. That's how you know. That's how you know something's happened. But I, I still, I, I just found it very creepy, even though I enjoyed the fact that during quarantine, Coney Island, you know, even, even though I enjoyed that I wasn't getting them, I found it very eerie that there was this sudden stop, which told me that it could stop. It told me that somebody was behind the controls. But who? Who made that decision? For people, and maybe other people out there, maybe my situation is unique. Maybe they said, let's not call this guy during quarantine. Let's not call this guy during Coroni Violent Quarantine. But they still called other people. Maybe they knew that I was getting wise to the war. I knew, I knew the war was going on because I've talked about this kind of stuff before. They, they probably heard my CAPTCHA episode. And they probably said, this guy's getting wise to the war. Let's uh, give him a little breather during quarantine. Quar- Let's give this quarantineager a little, uh, a little break. Let's give him a little, a little vacation from the robocalls so that he doesn't lose it so that he doesn't you know so that he doesn't destroy us because that might be what happens that might be what i do but it's just another one of these subtle ways that i believe ai is chipping away at us it's not the computers it's not you know 2001 a space odyssey hal if, if, if i'm even talking about the right movie it's not some supercomputer. it's not neuromancer it's not the Matrix. It's not, it's, not the, it's not the Matrix, you know. It's it's uh, this far more mundane. It's kind of like how magic is often more mundane. It's kind of like how, you know, spiritual practice often involves just your mundane daily life. You're waiting in line at the grocery store, that kind of thing. It's sort of the same thing with AI warfare, where it is going to be robocalls. It is going to be capture. And of course, it all started with spam email. That was how they they lubed us up. That was how they lubed us up before they just threw us through that super slide. 
into technological madness. They were kind of like, oh, you're going to get emails that are from, I guess, bots again. I guess robo-emails, robo-mail. You're going to get these emails that don't even seem to come from people. They're sometimes gibberish. Sometimes they're foreign and they're broken in they're broken English. But even then, even the broken English ones don't come across like real people because they're not. Maybe they do have the, you know, we've seen these videos, these exposés, these NBC Dateline exposés of, you know, these computer centers in Africa where they just send, uh, they have guys sitting on computers just sending out mass scam emails all day. But those guys have probably been replaced by the robots already. It's like, like yeah, we imagine Terminator exoskeleton executioners with their guns just wasting us in this post-apocalyptic, fiery war hellscape. But the reality is those very same Terminator exoskeleton executioners are actually sitting down at their desks sending emails and making robocalls. Which actually makes me like the idea of robocalls more, to imagine it's like that Terminator exoskeleton skull to imagine that he's got a phone to his head, that he's got a landline to his head, held up to his head, or a headset. That's even better. The Terminator exoskeleton with a headset on in a call center, calling my house and leaving hissing silence on my answering machine. Now, he'd probably be at a standing desk. They wouldn't need to sit. They're trendy. That's the thing is AI, they're trendy. Robots, they're trendy. They have standing desks at their robo-call centers. I mean, right now I'm standing at the kitchen counter. I decided to bring all my gear down and have it on the kitchen counter, so I'm kind of doing the standing desk thing myself. Everybody's doing it. Um, but these things, you know, it, it, it's, it is sinister. It's subtly sinister, and those are the things that always bother me the most. Uh, and I, I wouldn't say I'm consumed with worry. I'm not getting conspiratorial. I'm not getting paranoid. I don't feel that this is a necessarily a concerted effort, certainly not by the AI itself. And I don't think there is a man with a southern accent behind all this saying, don't send him any robocalls during quarantine or else he's going to figure it out and... and Pull the curtain up for everybody to see. He's There's a big curtain covering the front of our call center. And all it's going to take is, is the right man to yank that cord and show that call center to everybody. Thousands of robots in a room at, at, compu- at standing desks milling about. I don't think it's that conspiratorial. It's just a sign of the times. And it's... What real psychological AI warfare is like? It's not them with lasers. I mean, that that might be coming. That's going to come, maybe. Big physical robots who do the things we see robots do in comic books and sci-fi movies. Cyborgs. Cyborg Hitman. Like in Spawn. the, The Cyborg Hitman. Who tries to kill Spawn? You know it, that might be coming down the line, but it's it starts with spam emails, which you just accept at a certain point. And even when email providers kind of figured out ways to filter those out or send them into the junk box, they still get to you. You still know they're there. You still even. I mean, I check. That's the thing too. Is it's the the really sinister and sad thing about it. Sinister and sad thing about it is that emails you want then get filtered to your junk email. It's like they, oh, we've learned how to filter spam email so that it goes straight to the trash, goes straight to the junk folder, and then it turns out some important email from someone you care about went to the junk folder too. So you still got to check it. You still got to see all those robo-emails. You still got to see them. This is a stand-up comedy bit. Um, 
I'm trying to think of any other ways. I don't, I don't know. This was very much inspired. Oh, yeah. Another thing that inspired this is something else that happened is my phone gets these, my cell phone gets these, and my mom's cell phone does as well. But their calls and the, the, the phone provider just tells you, scam likely. So somehow these things have already gotten on their radar and Verizon or whoever my cell phone provider is, they already know that this is a scammer somehow, which is interesting that they still let them contact you. Scam likely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really want this call to go through. You've determined that this is likely a scam, but you're still letting them call me. That's okay. Maybe it's not. Maybe you want a scam. Maybe it's for the scam chasers, the bug chasers. Maybe they just, maybe some, maybe people would be mad. If people found out that the cell phone providers were filtering out scam likely calls and people were like, I, you know, it's my choice to get scam calls or not. Uh, it is kind of nice that they say scam likely because you can just uh, get rid of it right away. So those bother me a little less, but something that happened in the last few days is I don't know if somebody actually did this or if it's just part of some sort of uh, scam, for lack of a better word. I'd like to find a better word for that. A better word for scam. Ruse? No. I think scam's the one to go. I think Sometimes you want to find another word and you just circle back and you go, you know, the word I had is the word for it. Uh, and scam is the word, but my mom's phone started getting all these calls, like five calls a day with no messages. Cause if somebody doesn't leave a message, you know, I'm not going to call it back. I'm not going to pay attention. So she's getting all these calls and they're from generally local area codes, like the Olympia area codes and Tacoma area codes. But then she's getting all these text messages, and they all say, "Hi, this is Amanda," which is weird. I don't like, I don't like automated text messages. That's a little too invasive. Text messages should be mostly personal. Text messages should all be from people you know, appointment confirmations, and password reset messages. That's how I feel. I don't think you should get any other kind of messages, but uh, maybe because my mom was a real estate agent and her number was more out there, she gets a bunch of weird, scammy text messages. It's just, I, I've never gotten any of this kind of things she gets. But she started getting these ones where it's like, hi, I'm Amanda, and you were asking for a car insurance quote at carinsurance.net. Do you still want that quote? But she's been getting like five messages a day that say that. And then like five phone calls that I assume are from the same people. And if it's real, these people are really desperate to have the potential client. You know, I know places can be that way. You know, I, I've experienced it myself where you, you know, you stick your nose in the door you stick your head in the door, I guess. Maybe not your nose. <laughs> you stick your head in the door just to kind of ask about a service, and then they never leave you alone after that. But this is even more extreme, where they're just... I mean, maybe that's just... Maybe it is legitimate. Maybe somebody... Somebody named Maxine, apparently. They say, hey, Maxine, do you still want that car insurance quote? But they've just been so aggressive. I've never seen anything like it, truly. I've never... I've seen some aggressive sales techniques, but I've never seen anything like this over a car insurance quote. And so they've just been coming after my mom's phone. And uh, they sent just continual, continuous text messages, continuous calls every day for the last several days. And I don't know, maybe a woman named Maxine was really actually looking for car insurance quotes with a legitimate company, carinsurance.net. I'm not even going to look it up. I'm not going to use my lifeline on this show to look it up, my one lifeline. Notice I save my lifelines. Even though I allot myself one lifeline where I'm allowed to do a search on this show, I almost never do it. I'd prefer to do it without a lifeline. 
But uh, anyway, so it's just this... Maybe there's a real woman named Maxine who maybe accidentally used my mom's phone number. Maybe she typed in the wrong phone number and it led to this whole mess. Maybe she's sitting there thinking, how come I haven't heard back from car... How come I haven't heard back from carinsurance.net? You know, I'm, 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 I'm Maxine and I ain't heard nothing about carinsurance.net. I think I'm going to go with the Geeko. I think I'm going to go with the Geeko. Um, with the Geico. I don't know. Stupid. Stupid joke. But, um, yeah, it was really stupid. <laughs> uh, sometimes I just got to catch myself. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, maybe there is this woman waiting for that, and she's, now she's gone with someone else, and carinsurance.net has lost a client. But I feel like something more, not sinister, but just more manipulative is going on, which I guess is sinister. Manipulation is sinister. I can't help but feel there's something scammy about it. And I'm normally pretty cordial, but they called today, and I was just like, the person whose phone you're calling is dead. I answered the phone and that's all I said. Normally, I, you know, when I've gotten calls like that, I'm just like, oh, yeah, she passed away, you know, and I'm her son. You know, it's, it's friendly. But with this, these people were so aggressive and weird. And I'm not convinced, even though there were, there did seem to be a human element to it. I'm not convinced it was entirely human. Maybe this is the, the cyborg element working its way into the story. Maybe this is the android replicant. I hate to reference an actual... I hate to reference Blade Runner. Not that I have anything against it, but I hate to reference their terms. But maybe it was that sort of replicant android uh, element working its way in. (laughs) And that's how it would work. It turns out that the androids finally made their way into the AI war by pretending to be carinsurance.net. You got to go with a simple cover. You got to go with an easy cover. I mean, I'm particularly suspicious, and I feel like I do have a sixth sense when it comes to things, especially scams and lies. And uh, so, you know, maybe somebody else would fall for it. It's a pretty good cover. Car insurance quotes. We're not androids. We're not androids waging psychological warfare on you. We don't even understand psychological warfare because we're not psychos. We're not capable of being psychos. Even though we're going to do psychotic things to you, even though we're going to do psychotic things to you, we can't technically be psychos because we don't have actual consciousness. Sounds like a psychotic thing to say. Um... Yeah, maybe that's what that was. Maybe what I've experienced the last few days was not some sort of mistake. It wasn't this mysterious Maxine. Mysterious Maxine. It wasn't mysterious Maxine putting in my mom's number on accident. Maybe her number is one digit different. I don't think so, no. I'm starting to think this was the android part. This was this, These were the androids working their way in through... Some sort of car insurance quote scam. But yeah, these are just... I'm, I'm going to keep track. I'm keeping tabs. I'm keeping tabs on the many ways that AI and this sort of techno... techno. Uh, I'm trying to think of what to call it. I'm trying to think of a broader term for all of this because I don't like just saying AI. I was going to say techno-humanoid. That doesn't fit. I don't know, just the technological invasion. And a lot of people would say, oh, social media. It's it's Russian bots. It's the Russian bots. I don't have any opinion on that. I don't I'm not worried about that. I haven't experienced that. I haven't experienced Russian bots is a politicized version of this. Because everything I've said so far about AI, psychological tech warfare, it's not political at all. It seems to be purely psychological. It seems to be purely 
I was going to say spiritual, but anti-spiritual. Because that's one thing that we know. Everybody, that's, and that's one of the, I think I just hate the way people talk about this stuff. <laughs> I think it's turning me against my fellow humans, because every time you hear somebody in a podcast talk about, like, what do you think's going to happen with AI? It's, it, they always go for the same angles, and it's, they always focus on, well, you know, what if they develop consciousness, or what if they can think for themselves? And it's like, do they have souls? then there's our answer. What else do we need to know? Do AI... At some point, are we going to sense a soul? Are we going to sense actual spiritual activity? That's when I'm going to start wondering. You know, that's when I'm going to start, you know, that's when my dilemma is going to kick in. That's when I'm going to have a dilemma. You know, that's when I'm going to have to wonder, okay... How do I feel about these things? Because everything I've said now is just observation. Observational humor. But when it comes to actually forming some sort of emotional response to what these things are, that's only going to come when I say, okay, I'm sensing a soul. And that'll be impressive because that'll teach us something about souls. Uh, it'll teach us something about, you know, where the versatility of souls. And then people will think I'm truly crazy. Don't you realize that these things have been destroying our minds through CAPTCHA and robocalls? And you're, you're, you're wondering if they can be used to understand the versatility of souls? Because what is it? If a soul can inhabit a robot, or even not a physical robot, but even just some sort of robo-collar. Because I'm not convinced a robo-collar is a Terminator exoskeleton with a headset. It might exist purely in the phone line. It might just be like a computer connected to... uh, It might just be a computer calling people. It probably is. And at that point, if if you sense a soul... It really, I mean, it, it, bring, it would create an existential crisis where you now have to wonder, what does my body mean? If a soul can inhabit this technology, what does that say about my technology, my body, my organic technology? What does that say about me if souls can also inhabit these, you know, previously understood to be inanimate? objects, you know, or at least uh, not alive in the sense that we think of ourselves as alive. But that's getting ahead of myself. That's getting ahead. You know, and uh, I mean, imagine what a schizophrenic person does in response to all this. Imagine that somebody with schizophrenia getting robocalls and coming home to short messages of hissing silence. You know, that can't be fun. It's like all, it's, you know, it's like the more, our more organic analog society caused enough mental problems for people, and now there's this. But, you know, some people think it's social media, some people think that there are deliberate campaigns and Russian robo, robo, robo Russian bot, whatever they think they are, Russian bots, like whatever buzzword people use to try to come to terms with the fact that Russia is awesome and deserves to be the new superpower. You know, whatever way people... You know, people can't cope with that. People can't cope with the fact that Russia deserves to be the new superpower way more than they ever did as the Soviet Union. And Vladimir Putin... Putin, I can, I can never remember how to pronounce his name. Is it Putin or Putin? Either way, uh, I feel that he's a a far better guy than Stalin. You know, I feel like he's a far better human than I, I know. He came from this, I guess, KGB background, but um, I, he's a far better man than Stalin ever was. He's a far better man than these 
communist dictators ever were. Not to say he's a great guy. I don't know. You know, I, I haven't read his autobiography. But uh, I do feel that... I don't know, there's something likable to me about Russia, so I don't, I don't love this demonization of Russia. Especially, like, blaming everything on Russian hackers and bots. Not that that's not going on, but it's a funny conspiracy theory, and it's just further proof that conspiracy theories have saturated and infiltrated everybody who thinks they have an opinion on something in our modern political climate. It's like if you're passionate about politics, you basically are pushing conspiracy theories all the time now, which makes me glad I'm not passionate about politics. I, I observe them. I comment. And here I am talking about subtle, mundane AI warfare. So maybe I'm not one to talk about conspiracy theories, but this is all my own experience and seeing what these things do. And whether it's all orchestrated or not, I don't know, but I know what it's doing. I'm observing the behavior. So that's what I'm basing my thoughts on at my standing desk, which is my kitchen counter. Which is funny because it's the original standing desk. It's funny when people come up with ideas, they're, they're so innovative. Uh, I was working at an office where a couple people... They were doing furniture requests for the employees. They wanted people to have the kind of equipment that they needed. And some people had jumped on this standing desk trend, which I appreciate. I'm a stander. I'm a stander myself, but I didn't want a standing desk. It just didn't seem... It's just not what I wanted. Maybe it was the wrong decision. I kind of fucked up my back sitting with bad posture in a chair, but... I do enjoy standing, so I enjoy the thought, and I think there is value to standing desks, but I just didn't want to be, I mean, I'm, it's just, it's that stupid oppositional defiance that kicks in, where I was just like, I'm not going to get one of those. But, uh, you know, it's funny, like, the idea that standing desks are such an innovation, when it's like, I've always just set my laptop on a kitchen counter, <laughs> you know? I've always just set my uh, my laptop on a kitchen counter. I've always just set my laptop on a kitchen counter. Not sure what voice I'm doing there. It's almost like like slight Homer Simpson. It's Homer Simpson leaving a. What does Homer Simpson sound like when he leaves a hissing silence on someone's phone? What does he sound like on a robocall? I mean, that'd be, that'd be fun. That'd be fun if robocalls had extremely familiar voices, like cartoon voice actors. That might make it a little more fun, or it might make things a little too crazy. That, that might actually destroy people's brains if they had famous cartoon characters calling them, or just celebrities of any kind, but I, I do feel like there'd be something especially corrupting, corruptive, corrosive, whatever word I'm looking for. There would be something especially, especially mentally corrosive if you answered the phone and, and Homer Simpson was trying to sell you car insurance. Hi. Okay. Hi. Would you like to buy home? Home insurance? I don't know if I might just ruin all my credibility by trying to do anything resembling a Homer Simpson accent because I'm not even a big Simpsons fan. I know that's a quite a confession to make, but I was never, you know, it was always fine. It was fine to watch now and again, but I wasn't one of these kids who watched it every day. And I'm, I don't say that out of oppositional defiance, but it was just never my show. I liked South Park more. I liked, uh, as far as shows in that category, obviously I couldn't watch Family Guy, but Simpsons was good, you know, I mean, it was it was what it was, um, but uh, I, I'm definitely not a, a fanatic for it who watched it all the time, but here I am trying to, to come up with some stupid joke, which again, this whole episode is a bad stand-up comedy joke, what if the robocallers sounded like Homer Simpson? 
you call now, if you if you call now, I, don't know, I can't do it. The more I think about doing it, the worse it is. The worse it is, the better it is. Well, this is what I wanted to talk about earlier. It was about this subtle AI warfare, which is a gradual... This topic has to come up now and again, even though there haven't been major changes. I don't feel that any anything brand new has happened, but I don't think I've talked about the robocaller aspect, at least not in depth like this, because my understanding of it has expanded, even though it's still behind a curtain as far as I'm concerned, even though it's still very shadowy. I got to tell you that just them suddenly stopping, the robocalls suddenly stopping the moment, the day that quarantine, coronavirus, lockdown, lockdowner. Didn't hear that joke. They have us under lockdown, but to me it's a lockdowner. How come I didn't hear that joke? You know, this episode, it, it could have been worse, actually. This episode could have been worse because my original plan when I brought the gear into my kitchen was to make the mic really hot, to turn up the the gain knob, whatever that's called. I know there's some hyper-specific name for that, like the trim pots. I don't know if that's what that is. I have experience recording music and doing some production, but I have no idea what things are called, and I'd prefer it that way. The second you start learning the names, the, the hyper-specific names of knobs on your mixer, you're that much closer to being consumed by AI. You're that much weaker. Your, your technological immune system is that much weaker when you try to memorize the specific names of knobs on your audio mixer. It's already bad enough that this audio mixer is sort of an analog-digital hybrid that you can plug into a, a USB port to make things easy. Makes it easy for the robocaller emails to enter into your computer mixer, and you can hear them through your headphones. That'd be uh, that would be the the best. Is if by plugging my digital mixer into my laptop, suddenly robots started being able to send a signal back into my mixer that then came out through my headphones while I was recording this. And and you wouldn't hear it as the listener, but only I would. And you would just hear me suddenly go, <sighs> And as I've said a long time ago, as I've said a long time ago, when the whisper screams start, the episode has to end. I said that a while back. There was an episode where this happened. <laughs> and as I said, when the whisper screams start, the episode has to end. It's too embarrassing. Uh, but sometimes you have to do a whisper scream. In the same way that there has to be a hissing silence when the robocallers leave a message, sometimes you have to do a whisper scream on an episode to make a point. And it is self-deprecating. It is humiliating. It's like my friend Miles talked about once. He was saying like how he was reading a review of, of a metal album, and the reviewer was like, "Oh, this this has the best vocals. The vocals are always best when it sounds like they're talking in a whisper scream." And it's like those are the worst vocals, <laughs> you know. It might have been talking about dissection or something. Uh, who I've got no problem with. I got no. I got no. I got no problem with dissection. You think I get a problem with dissection? Who do you think I am? You know, but it's one of those things where, like, some some of those bands would do these kind of speaking whisper scream vocals, and the idea that somebody would think that those are the best is just, it's foreign to me. It's just foreign to me. It's just foreign to me. It's foreign to me. Great lyric. <laughs> That's a lyric for you. You know what I like about that? I, I just I don't I don't really like the music, but I like the lyrics. There's a lyric and, and it says, It's foreign to me. 
boy. You know, when I, when I say when the whisper screams start, the episode's got to end. I mean it. But I, I keep getting this feeling like maybe I can save it. It's probably like it's kind of like how girls feel about their ex-con boyfriends. Not even I can save him, but I can save it. Their ex-con boyfriend gets out of jail and they're just like, I can save it. Not the relationship. They're still referring to the person, but he's an it now. I can save it. I almost whisper screamed that. I almost whisper screamed I can save it. And I'm just feeling, you, you wouldn't believe the feeling in me right now. Like I, I can, f- every part of me is just like all the blood in my body is flowing to my head. And I feel this compulsion to whisper scream virtually everything. But I'm keeping the mic on just as an exercise in restraint. I'm keeping the mic on just as an exercise in restraint. And uh, I think as a good way to tie this episode together, the AI psychotechnology has already won. I am a casualty. I don't believe I'm the first, and I know I'm not the last. But in the last few days, a seed was planted. Some kind of seed was planted, and I think it was the androids. Because I think I, I weathered the storm of the robocalls very well. I'm used to those. I think I've developed kind of a rhythm. It's part of my day to look at the old answering machine and see it flashing and hit it and then immediately hit a race. It's almost like a, um, it's like, it's like Taoism. It's like washing the dishes. It's like the zen of dishwashing that people always talk about. It's just kind of part of my day. Go into the house, see there's a message, immediately delete it. But I think it's this new Android car insurance scam that took me. Because I was unprepared. As we sometimes are. I was distracted. I was thinking about other things. I was doing an episode earlier talking about how People don't want to belong to a certain class, so they become a class imposter in an effort to appear cool and achieve social credibility. I was focusing on all these human things. And all it took was an Android car insurance scam. So let this be a cautionary tale. Let this be a cautionary tale. that the next thing that comes might be the thing that gets you. It might be the androids pretending to sell car insurance to a woman named Maxine who uses your dead mom's phone number. That might be how they get you. And they've been getting me for a while. It started with spam emails... It's, it, it continued with CAPTCHA, which is even a humiliating word to say, CAPTCHA. CAPTCHA? Is that what it's supposed to be? CAPTCHA? CAPTCHA? They humiliate you with the words they make you use every day. Google. When I was in college, uh, they had some sort of online component to one of my classes, and it was a program called Moodle. You may have heard of it yourself. You may have been exposed to this thing yourself, and it was called Moodle. And all it was was a way to, like, post messages to your classmates and, like, upload things and have group chats from home. Google Moodle. CAPTCHA. I think the very first Every Night to School Night episode, one of the points I made was living in a stupid future. And while I don't think people are stupid, I'm very adamant about the fact that people are much more aware than anybody, including themselves, ever give them credit for. But I do believe the future can be stupid. 
even though I don't think people are stupid, I believe that circumstances can be stupid. And I think that's often what leads us to believe people are stupid when they're not. They're simply reacting to circumstances. Hey, Batty, come on. Um, hey, Batty, come on. Don't bark. Hey, buddy, come on. In here, in here. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Okay. Um, but, you know, it, I, I believe in the very first Every Night to School, and I said we're living in a stupid future. We're living in the the world of Lady Google. And some of these things play into that. Some of these little things that just chip away at you. Words like CAPTCHA. It's not even the CAPTCHA process. It's the fact that you know it's called CAPTCHA, and it is spelled the way it is, and that your brain has to think about that word as you're trying to do this weird, disoriented word puzzle to prove that you're a human. You know, if, if people survive into the future, which I know they will, I have faith, it's going to be easy. Being, you know, being some sort of mental health historian, it's going to be too easy to figure out what destroyed people's minds. Yet people are still going to overanalyze it. They're going to have competing theories. But it's going to be all there right in front of them. It's like they had to say this word. They got robocalls all the time. I mean, even I still upload these to Instagram. I still upload school nights to and night schools to Instagram, or sorry, not to Instagram, to SoundCloud. See, see, look at look at what this does to you. I I'm uploading school night to Instagram. You know, it it, it just you don't even know what you're saying anymore. When I upload these to SoundCloud, they will get these automated comments that are like some of them even say like looking for a hookup. I've gotten private messages on SoundCloud that are like, hey, they're, they're like, like porn spam. They're like hooker spam. They're immoral. They're degenerate. Like, what about my show communicates that I'm looking to hook up with a Latina woman through SoundCloud? Like, and I swear to God, I get comments and messages that say that. Like, I'm a hot Latina you know, looking for daddy to take her to the playground. I got one that was like that. I'm not even making that up. It was like that that obscene and degenerate. You know, it's it's all this stuff. And what's really crazy is I've seen people respond to these comments like that as if they were real. At least I haven't done that that I know of. Unless all of the people who have ever contacted me about this show, which isn't a ton, but, uh, you know, it's been a number. Maybe they're not real. And that's when you start doubting yourself. That's when you start doubting your reality. When you get enough robocalls, when you, you get enough spam messages, when you get enough, you know, fake Latinas calling you daddy to take you to their playground because you posted a podcast about like the meditation of class imposterhood you know like you know, you know something's up you know and and so it's like people are people are just going to have a field day in the future and i guess i'm imagining that the future will somehow have more clarity like those people won't be even more consumed like mental health professionals in 2040 won't be even more consumed by this stuff, that the AI techno warfare won't be even deeper, won't have gone even deeper. But anyway, that's about all I got. I, I'm glad that I did another episode and covered some other territory um, than, uh, than what I covered earlier, considering this is what the first episode was supposed to be at. And Batty's barking, so, you know, that's a sign to me that I need to close this out. But I appreciate you listening. I, anybody who can get through two episodes in one day, you're a fan. Or you're a robot. Or you're, or you're just a robot whose job is to scroll through podcasts and hit play. 
But in either case, I don't know if I'm going to say thank you. I don't know that I want to take that bold step off of the plank, off of the pirate ship plank, where I thank theoretical robots for hitting play on my podcast. But as for the real humans, I'm always grateful to have listeners. I'm always grateful if anybody finds these ramblings interesting. It's a wild world, and, you know, I'm thinking about it. We're just, uh, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm one robocall away. No, not one robocall away. I'm, I'm one more Android car insurance scam away from maybe nobody ever hearing from me again. But I'm going to think positive. Maybe I'll be able to turn that around. Maybe that's how I'll make my millions. Maybe I will be the man. Maybe maybe because I am thinking about this so much, I will be that man behind the controls. Maybe I will be the kind of the uh, the maestro, the orchestra orchestra director, the orchestra. Maybe I'll be the orchestra director, the maestro. And over here, I'll have a section of robocallers with their headsets at standing desks. Over here, I will have the computers sending automated broken English emails trying to sell you glass from China. Some of them filtering into your inbox, some of them filtering into your junk box so you never truly know what's junk and what's not. And here on my left, I'll have my prized pupils, the uh, the key performers in this AI techno warfare orchestra. My key performers over here will be the Android car insurance scam sales ladies, because these were all ladies. They were all female androids. So maybe I will be the maestro when all is said and done. And maybe I already am. Maybe I already am the maestro, and maybe that much is said and done. So we'll see what's going to come. Signing out, the AI maestro. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a